Good afternoon, everybody. Um, we are, uh, first of all, how are you guys doing? Just generally, everybody's okay? All right, happy to hear that. Um, well, it's our last day for our 21 days of prayer and fasting. For those of you who are participating, I'm so happy. I'm so, so happy. Um, and, uh, but I, I really have enjoyed it. Um, we're going to get into the word, but before we do, I want to do our, our pre-word declaration. Uh, so repeat after me. The word of God is the bread of life. May my heart conceive it and my life achieve it. The more I give life, the more I'll receive. The more I live life, the more I'll believe. In the name of Jesus, amen. Awesome. Um, I am... Excited to get into today. I'm going to pick off where we left off last week. It was a miracle I could do the message last week because I was pretty overwhelmed by the service. Um, but I'll talk more about that a little bit later. Um, we are wrapping up this fast. And I think it's important that for those of us who, who, were, who were doing it, this is a good time to really reflect and ask yourself, Did was this fast successful? Did you... And the Lord accomplished what you guys wanted to accomplish um, during this fast. I'm sure everyone had uh, different things you were wanting to see God do. Um, and I think this is the time that you should ask, you know, did it happen? And um, did I go about it the right way? Last week we talked about how there's a way to fast. There's a biblical way to fast. And there's some things that the Lord has been instructing us on how to fast. And that's in Isaiah 58. Um, but most of us, you know, I've been going to this church for a while. We've been doing fasts, multiple fasts for the past eight years. And most people have uh, certain goals. And there usually are things like I want to get closer to God. Um, I want uh, my relationship with him to strengthen. I want, I want us to go deeper, me and him, during this fast. And I think those are all great goals, Great goals for, for a time of 21 days of prayer and fasting. But my question to you is, how do you know if that happened? How do you know if you succeeded in that mission or in that goal? How do you know um, if, you're, if you were successful in the fast? How do you know if you got closer to God? How do you know if your relationship with him has strengthened? And how do you know when you and him have gone deeper? Um, most of the responses that I feel to that question would be something similar to where I'll, I'll, there'll be a knowing in my heart. I'll, I'll know that I'm closer to God because they'll just, I'll just know it in my heart. Or maybe I can just tell in my mood, the way the day is going, my attitude is just different because I just know I'm closer to God. Or the big one is I can just feel it. I can just feel that I'm, in, I'm close with God and that's how I know that we're close. That's how I know we're growing. Um, and as common and as Christian as these answers are and this, this, uh, this gauge for where you are with the Lord is, uh, I want to come out the gate today and call these unreasonable ways to gauge your relationship with God. They are unreasonable and I want to explain. I have a concern about our church moving forward and it's something that I want us to, to listen to. I would want us to, as we grow in our faith and as we grow in the spirit, we need to remain reasonable in our faith. And let me explain what I mean by reasonable. The definition of reason in Webster is a statement offered in explanation or justification, a rational ground or motive, the power of comprehending, proper exercise of the mind. Now, God, this is not a trait that we hear a lot in our worship songs, but God is a reasonable God. He's a, you know, it's not as poetic or romantic as beautiful and powerful, but he's a reasonable God. And he reasons with us. There's a scripture in Isaiah where God actually says, let us come and reason together. And then he goes on to give us the word. I believe God reasons with his people via 
his word. And more specifically, I mean his written word, scripture. I believe the reason of God, the logic of God is communicated to us via the word of God. Now, when it comes to intuition and the feelings that you feel, and I'm just sensing that he loves me, I'm not knocking that, but that is not the reason that God has given us in Scripture. We have things a lot more concrete. There's much more concrete evidence that we've been provided for us to simply rely on, I'm just feeling him today. That's why I just know he's close to me. I just know he loves me because I can feel it today. Like, we got we to gotta graduate um, from that. Uh, I can understand if the word didn't exist. If there was no Bible and there was no scripture, then I would understand the weight that we put on our feelings and our intuition and our sensing and our knowing and our feeling. I would understand us putting so much weight on those things if there was no Bible. If there was no scripture, it would make total sense. But there is a scripture. There is word. God's word saves us from depending on shifting things and instead, he gives us a rock. And that rock is the word of God. Now, I'm going to talk about the rock. I'm going to talk about the word of God. But first, let me say that Nashville Life, this is not a disclaimer, even though it's going to sound like it. Nashville Life is a spirit-filled church. It's what, it's what is known as a spirit-filled church. Like, that's a term that's in church culture, spirit-filled church. We match the description of a spirit-filled church. I'll say that much. I've never called us a spirit-filled church, but we, we are. Um, we believe that with Christ, when you receive Christ, you have the Holy Spirit. We believe that because of the Holy Spirit, we can all hear from God. We empower all of you all to hear from the Lord. We believe in the gifts of the Spirit. We believe in speaking in tongues. And not only do we believe in it, we encourage it. We sincerely believe that it's a gift to the believer we believe that the gift of prophecy is a gift to the body of Christ. We uh, believe in, uh, you know, all the flowing in the spirit and all the other charismatic jargon that, that lands on churches. I'm for it. We, we, we are that. Let me give a, a scripture on the Holy Spirit that I think will help resonate with the nature of the spirit. John chapter 3 verse 8. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who was born of the Spirit. Now, depending on your personality type, that either sounds like paradise or a nightmare. This wind where you don't know what it's doing, you don't know where it's coming from, how do I plan, how can we figure this out, uh... The spirit, that's the personality of the spirit. And anyone who's born of the spirit has this. Anyone who has been born again with the spirit has this trait living on the inside of them. This church, we have the wind of God here. The breath of God lives here. I'm grateful for it. I believe it's the, it's the spirit that, that gives us the life that we have, the joy that we have, the fun that we have. The spontaneity that we have, I believe that it's the spirit that's going to help keep us young as a church. I believe it's going to keep us uh, thriving, and it's, it's, it's extremely important. So I thank God for the wind of the spirit. I thank God for this aspect in our church. At the same time, Nashville Life is what you would call a, a word church. Again, other, other terms in church, I don't see how a church could not be a word church. But anyway, we, we, we uphold the word of God. Let me give a scripture about the word of God. I'm only going to read the first two verses. Matthew 7, 24 through 25. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house. But it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. The rock is what gives us our stability, it's what gives us our endurance. 
It's what gives us our sustainability. It gives us our credibility. The word of God is what keeps us legit. And, and it's, it's our rock to where when storms come and when winds get strong, including by, may I add, the wind of the Holy Spirit, it keeps us stable. And I say that even though I know the spirit and the word work together, they are meant to work together. There are individuals who have been in this ministry over the years and they, 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 they really gravitate to the, the traits and the ways of the spirit. But if it's not partnered with the word of God, we've seen, and it's so sad to cry, I've seen people drift drift to where they don't even have anything to stand on anymore because they become so windy and everything has to be what you sense and we become, they become so sensational to where there's nothing anchoring them that's written in the word. And we've seen some of them don't even believe in God anymore. They are meant to work together. The spirit and the word. Nashville Life has committed to be a church that both enjoys the wind of God, but enjoys the anchoring of the rock of God's word. I believe a balanced believer, a balanced disciple has the wind and the rock and knows how they work together. If all you have to gauge in where you are with God is the goosebumps on your back and the tingling in your elbow and the, the tears in your eyes. If that's how you gauge where you are with God, you have crossed over to being too windy. You're too windy. We got to bring you back to something a little bit more concrete that will sustain even if there are no goosebumps. That will sustain even if there are no tears. That will sustain even if there is no laughter. There are too many scriptures that affirm God's love for you and God's presence in your life for you to still be depending on the feelings and the sensations that the Spirit generously gives. And I'm not knocking those things, but it cannot be, it cannot be your foundation. Jesus says, he who does my word is like the person building their house on the rock. So we can't be stable without a knowledge and a love of the scriptures. Notice I said scriptures too because some of us are too dependent on prophetic words. And I'm all about prophecy. Do not despise prophecy. I believe the prophetic voice is important in the body of Christ. But it is not the foundation. We need to be the point to where if it says it in God's word, that's enough for us. We don't have to have a man or a woman of God give us a prophetic word to believe what's already written in the scriptures. How do you know you love God? Scripture says, John 14, 15, you love me if you do what I say. Jesus says, you love me if you keep my commandments. He's all for the affection He's all for the adoration. But at the end of the day, God measures our love and our obedience to him. We can be obedient, disobedient all day long, but don't dare tell us we don't love God. I know I only did one of the ten things he told me to do, but I, I love him with all my heart. Jesus goes, that's not true. You love me if you do what I say. We all talk about love languages. Jesus' love language is obedience. You can sing, you can have a ribbon, you can have a banner, you can have all of the things. But if you don't obey Jesus, it does not register to him as love. We know that from scripture. What is the greatest commandment? To love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. That's in Matthew 22, 37, 39. For those who are going like, I just don't feel... What, what do you want me to do? Well, I told you in the scripture. Some things we don't even have to, hear me, some things you don't have to pray for. If it's written already, you don't have to go, God, do you want me to give to the poor? Let me pray about it. It's written. 
You don't have to pray about that. Now, you can pray about how much and how, should, how can this look, but there should be, there's no need to pray anymore about if we should be given to the poor. Should I forgive? Let me go to prayer, God. Can I, do, I, do I need to forgive that person? You don't, you can cross that off your prayer list. It's been answered. We have to learn to utilize what's already been written. We must be stable in this season. And the scriptures are the only thing that's going to sustain our stability. Second part is we love our neighbor as ourselves. Okay. And I'm all about the kind of Cliff Notes, uh, brandy, tweetable, love God, love people. But I think we need to make sure that we are extracting the fullness of the scripture because it's more than love God, love people. Like, I get it. I'm not against it. Please don't say Alvin is not about love God, love people. But the full scripture, first of all, there's a lot of things we love, right? I love, I love popcorn. I love movies. You know, some of y'all love Target. Like, that's, we've got to make sure that we separate because we can love popcorn, but we don't love popcorn with all of our heart, our soul, and our strength. So, yes, love God, but love God plus. Love God plus with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your strength, with all of your mind, with everything you've got. Love your neighbor. Love You can love people. Same thing. Not just love people. Love people as you love yourself, which brings me to the next question. How do you love yourself? Hmm, how does that work? There's books, there's all kinds of things. There's scripture already telling you how to love yourself. I was looking up scripture, sexual purity. Let me throw something to you, sexual purity. Scripture says sexual sin is unique in that it's the one sin where you are sinning against your own self. If you are in sexual sin, you are sinning against your own life. You are hating yourself. You cannot love yourself and be in sexual sin. And if you're not loving, if you're hating yourself, how in the world are you going to love people like you love yourself when you hate yourself? The Bible says whoever commits sexual sin is sinning against their own body. For men who are married, Ephesians 5 says the way you love yourself is by loving your wife. If you don't love your wife, you're hating yourself. Scripture, guys, not, you see how we're moving, we're moving out of the, I just feel it and I just feel love. We need something more concrete. Our feelings by nature change, and they're supposed to. When our emotions change, they're doing their job. You're not sinful if your emotions, emotions by nature change. There's a surprise, happy, I'm, oh my gosh, I'm excited, and then you find out someone passes away and now you're sad. And then, you know, you eat a delicious meal and you're happy and then you eat something that's gross and you're mad. Like, that's what emotions do. We must have something that is standing. The Bible says heaven and earth will pass away, but the word is the one thing that will continue to stand. How do you love your neighbor? Jesus makes it very clear. There is no greater love than to lay down your life for your friends. Again, it is written. The search is over. Cross it off your prayer list. You no longer have to wonder, how do I love people? Lay down your life for them. How do you obey God? A great start is the Great Commission. And we talk about it all the time here. If you want to be obedient to God... Make disciples. When it comes to the commandments of God, that's when we got to make it to where we take. Uh, it's amazing how we don't have to uh, pray and look up all the different translations about your sins are forgiven. When we read that, it's like face value, great. But all of a sudden, when it's make disciples, well, now let me see what that means. 
Now, God, I need to pray and fast about that. The ones where it says, mercy, I see you as if you never sinned before, we take the mercy fast. We don't need the Greek. We don't need the Hebrew. Hebrew. When we hear that God forgives us, we take it and run with it. But when it comes to the things that he wants us to do, that's all of a sudden when it gets to, well, I know the Bible says that, but what is he saying to me? What is he? I need to hear what he's saying to me. I know the Bible says that, but what is God saying to me? What, who do you think he wrote it for? Who do you think he wrote it for, if not for you? I'm all about a personal relationship with God, but I am not about a custom fit relationship with God. God loves us individually, but he does not give custom fit relationship deals. He says there is one gate, everyone comes in the same way, everybody's accountable to the same word. I know you wish it was tailor-made for your situation, but I'm telling you, it's not. Jesus conformed to us, with, God conformed to us when he sent Jesus. That's as far as it goes. He's not conforming to us anymore. Jesus is as far as he's going to become like us. The rest is us becoming like him. That's as far as he's going. He's like, I, I made myself flesh. I lived here for 33 years. I did my part. He became like us, and that's as far as it's going. The rest is on us to meet him. We got to meet him, y'all. We got to meet him halfway. It's a two-way street. We want Jesus to come, and then we want a whole other thing that's just for me. Just No, Jesus was it, and Jesus is enough. We don't need, he, he completed the whole thing. He, he paid for every one of your sins. He took care of all of it. We got to gauge our relationship with God on things more concrete than the, the flow. Then the wind of what's, oh, he's over here, and he's over here, and it's like, now I want to talk next week on why we need the spirit, so I'm not knocking the wind, but I got to start with the word, because I actually believe the spirit assists the word. That's what I believe. There's nothing in there that says that verbatim, but I believe that the Spirit assists the Word. I believe the Word is the lead and the Spirit assists. I don't think the Word assists the Spirit. I'll unpack that later. In John 21, Jesus asked Peter if he loved him. And Peter was an emotional man, and uh, he was great. He was uh, a lot, very passionate, and he just emphatically said, yes, I love you. And Jesus did a great thing for Peter and Peter's emotions, and he attached love to a word from him. Because Peter was saying, yeah, like, I love you, my friend. We've been walking, I mean, like, he was coming from the, from the soulish realm. I love you. You're my, you're my boy. Like, I got your back. I'll take a bullet for you. Like, I'm here. He said, okay, feed my lambs. Tend to my lambs. And when he said that, that word that he gave Peter, he took love out of the emotional, soulish realm and attached to something that was concrete something that was practical, something that could actually be measured. If you love me, do this. Equate your love with the action that I'm telling you to do. But what we want to do is go, God, I love you even if I don't do the actions. When will you understand, God, I love you even if I don't do what you say? Can't you feel my heart for you? And this is, these are the conversations that we are having. Even subconsciously, God goes, you got to attach your love to me, to the action that I'm telling you to do. Otherwise, the love is a bunch of fluff. 
that the minute you get mad enough and the minute you get discouraged enough and the minute you get embarrassed enough and tired enough, you're out. That same Peter that was emphatically loving Jesus, the minute he got embarrassed, the minute he got embarrassed by a little slave girl, he said, I don't, oh, I don't know him. That's what happens when you make your love based on how you're feeling. Because the minute you're not feeling it, guess who's out? Us. Jesus goes, I thought you loved me. We've got to attach our love to something more concrete. And that is the word of God, obedience to the word of God, not just the word of God. Jesus says, building your house on the rock is doing what I say. So the word without obedience is just the Bible on your shelf. It's just an hour of your day. You took it in, you read the Bible, good for you. The building doesn't start until you do what it says. Obedience to God's word is building your house on the rock, not reading God's word. Now, don't get me wrong. Do you have to read it to obey it? Yes. But the reading isn't where the magic happens. It doesn't start kicking into gear until you link what you read to your actions. We have a patient God. We have a gracious God. A lot of times we still don't know how to fathom a God who's perfect, who, who calls for perfection, who has the high demanding standards that y'all are hearing from me today, yet still patient, and, and, and he gives you room to grow. Guys, there's room to grow. If you're not, if you're not hitting it out the ballpark, be encouraged. I'm not either. You know what I'm saying? Like... We all need to grow. We're God's kids. He's not condemning us because we're missing the mark. He saved us because we were missing the mark and because he knew that we would continue to. I had the best conversation a couple years ago with a girl. We were having a little heart to heart. And she was a member of our church, uh, filled with the Holy Spirit, all that. And was just like, I don't, I, don't think I'm, I don't think I'm there. I was like, what do you mean? She was just like, I still like a lot of things about my past. I still like a lot of the things that I do. And I just, I don't think I, I really love, love him yet. You would have thought she gave me $300. I was so blessed by someone simply saying, I'm, I don't think I really love God yet because the things he's telling me to do, I don't think I'm willing to do yet. And I was so impressed. This woman had only been saved for a little bit. She said, I don't think, I, and that was so refreshing to me, not because she didn't love God, but she was honest. And she didn't justify her disobedience by the spirit of God is leading me to like not be at church or not to forgive somebody. Like, We'd say the weirdest stuff. We say the weirdest stuff. Opposed to saying, yeah, I just don't want to do it, or I'm disobedient, or I just don't, I kind of just not ready. Like, I'll take that any day. I'm just not ready to make disciples. I know he wants me to, but I'm just still preoccupied with some things right now. And like, I don't know. I've just never been that person. I don't know, like, when I was. Even in my Christian, like, days or whatever, like, I've always been a Christian, I guess, since church. But when I was in sin, guys, I don't know. Like, I'm not saying you got to be like this, but there was a period of my life where I knew that if, if, if my life was over, I wasn't going to see Jesus in peace. I'm not saying you got to be like that, but, like, there was just never, even in my sin, I was like, I'm in sin. <laughs> God is not pleased with my life. <laughs> but, guys, we, I'm, I'm sensing a, a potential. I'm not saying we're there, but we're potentially moving to this thing where our life and our decisions mean nothing, and we still are just as confident that we love God, confident that, just confident. And I'm all about the assurance and 
the blessed hope, but we can't. The word says, the word says, if you love me, it's going to look like something. There's nothing wrong, guys. This is the time of mercy. This is the time of repentance. This is the time. Guys, we, we still are scared of the word repentance. I still don't think we know how beautiful of a word that is. If the Holy Spirit convicts you that you don't love God, that is not a judgment. That is not condemnation. He's not sending you to hell. He's waking you up so you can go, God, give me a heart that loves you. I don't, I don't love you. I know you love me. I admire you. I respect you. I like aspects about you, but I don't love you with all my heart and all my strength and all my mind. I don't. That is the humility that will break you through to a stratosphere of grace, of favor. You have no idea the blessings that are on the other side of you actually being honest with your love for God according to scripture, not according to culture, not according to church attendance, not, a, not according to the fact that you have goosebumps every time you hear worship music. Heathens can have goosebumps. Like, the spirit of God is real. Like, you can hate God and still be like, I felt something. If you think you're spiritually mature because you feel something, heathens can feel something. Demons feel something. Demons tremble at his voice. They shake too. And they hate Jesus. And they're still like, woo. That's a bad man there. We want to kill him. We want to kill his people, but he's bad. Demons, no, demons are impressed. If you think that you have a loving relationship with Jesus because you can recognize that he's awesome, you love him if you obey his commandments. The demons tremble, but they don't obey. They tremble, they're impressed, they're moved, but they don't obey. What makes a loving relationship with Jesus is when you begin to obey his word. Now, if you, let me end with this. If you are blessed to feel God's love for you, amen. If you are blessed, God bless my mom. I used to think that you had to cry to pray because my mom always cries when she prays. So if I wasn't crying, I was like, I guess I'm not praying. Like, because I just, growing up, you just, I just linked tears with prayer, right? That's a blessing. I love the fact that she's, that's, that it manifests to her like that. It, she, she feels the presence of God. That's a blessing. Like, I'm not knocking the fact that God blessed, God is so generous. First of all, the Holy Spirit is the best. And he's so generous, and he's so, he's so kind, and he's, 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 he's the one that brings the vibes. The Holy Spirit brings the sauce. He brings, he's what makes it fun. Think about it, guys. The Holy Spirit was the one, he's the prescribed relationship, I mean, he's, the, he's the prescribed replacement for, for getting drunk at a party. The Holy Spirit is the prescribed, God-given replacement for, for getting tipsy. So he's got to be fun. He's got to feel good. So I'm, if, if, if you experience that, God bless you. Praise God. I, those times that happens for me, I love it. It doesn't happen all the time, but I love it. I don't think something's wrong with me if I don't feel it. I used to. I had a little burning, like, heat in my chest for two weeks back when me and Trey first got started at the house. I would wake up every morning, Trey, it's still there. It never left. I'll go to bed. I just knew it was going to go away when I uh, woke up the next morning. And it was always, it was like two weeks straight. It didn't hurt, but it was a heat. Praise God for that heat. But 
God forbid I question if God exists the minute I don't feel that heat in my chest. I don't feel that heat in my chest anymore. Does that mean the spirit of God left me? Does that mean that I turned into some sin? No. It means I just don't feel anymore. If I didn't have the scriptures, I would, be, I would have reason to be afraid. But the word tells me that the Lord is with me. He'll never leave me or forsake me. The Bible tells me that he lives in my heart. And we've got to, let's not be the Christian guys where the best explanation we can give to why God loves us is because I just know it. I just feel it. That gives you nor the person that you're talking to nothing to stand on. They're like, oh, great, cool. Pointing them to the word. When are we going to be Christians again where we know God loves us because the Bible tells me so? Let's go back to the simple things. We know because the word says it. That way you can go, hey, because if you say I just feel this and there's like electricity that comes through my back, the, the person you're talking to is like, all right. How, okay, like this way you can say, hey, come with me right here. In John 3, 16. And they go, oh, and now they're partaking in it even though they don't have electricity. They're able to share because the word is provided for all of us. Regardless of how it manifests in our lives, we can go to the word, and that's what unites us. Guys, do you know, I was talking to one of the guys earlier about God's love, and depending on your personality type, there are some people who still really struggle with like, oh, he just loves you so much, and he just, and we, we teach God like he's all feels too. Like, if we're all feels, that's how we describe God. God just, he just, oh, he just, oh, he just loves you and he just dotes on you. And like, I think that's true, but we got to understand that we've got something more concrete. Do you know that though God, I believe God has feelings for us. I do. I don't think he's cold. I believe he has feelings for us, but you know that it goes deeper. Do you know that God's love for us is actually him honoring a word to a person he promised a long time ago? The love that he has for us, yes, we're great, and, you know, he thinks we're cute and all that nice stuff, but it goes, it's more concrete than that. He, he gave a covenant to a man named Abraham generations ago and said, your entire family, because my love for you and because of our agreement, I'm going to love and I'm going to bless and I'm going to show favor to every single person who is part of your family. That's before he even met them. I made a promise. Read the story of uh, Mephibosheth and David and how David showed all this favor to Mephibosheth and he was confused. He was like, you don't even know me. He goes, I made a promise to your dad a long time ago that I was going to take care of you. So, yes, God has feelings for you, but it actually goes deeper. He, he made a commitment to our father, the father of our faith, Abraham. And the, according to the word of God, again, guys, it's all there. Please, please be encouraged and don't think that this is like some crazy code that you got to figure out. It's literally spelled out to you in the Bible, literally. So it's not, you don't have to be a rocket science to get it. You just have to read it and know it. Jesus, when he died on the cross, he made us a part of this lineage that God spoke of, of Abraham. So as Christians, we've been grafted into this lineage. So when God was, God's love for us is actually just him being a man, a God of his word to, to Abraham. And that probably doesn't move most of you. But there are at least Six people in here that hearing that God is just so loving does nothing for them. And to hear something concrete, okay, I get it. He promised this guy something. I'm a part of this. Okay, so reasonably, it makes sense. Guys, the spirit doesn't mean that we have to be, un for all of you cerebral people, be encouraged. You're not unspiritual just because you think. We need you. 
Because some of us, if we could fly out of here, we would. Mom, mom, is, mom would fly if, if you could. We need people. So, so for those of you who are moved by, the, you know, I'm not going to, I'll stop that. For those of us who are really moved by the emotional side of it, yes. He's just, oh, man, he's my daddy, and he just, oh, man, he just sings over me, and oh, what a beautiful picture. Go for it. But for everyone who's not like that, God made a deal with a man named Abraham, and he said that everyone that comes from you, I'm going to take care of them. I'm going to show favor to them. Okay, I got you. Word and spirit, right? Wind and rock. Wind, rock. Wind, rock. Wind. We could do a song with it. Amen. Right. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, next week, new, t- new, new church name, Wooden Rock Church. Kidding, 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 kidding. We've got enough change right now. It's enough for a while. Um, um, When you feel lonely, guys, not if, when, you need to know that according to the rock, according to the word of God, Jesus promised that he would never leave you nor forsake you. That scripture is there because he knew that you would not feel him. He knew you would go, where is God? So that way on those days you can go, but the scripture, the Bible tells me that he's here. The Bible tells me that he's with me. So as we end this prayer and fasting, let's be planted on the rock moving forward. Let's up our scripture intake, memorization, whatever it is. We've got to lean a little bit. We're not all the way there, but I just, I I believe God graces me to have a pulse on this church. And it's not even that. Honestly, you know what? I'm going to practice when I preach. That was was kind of windy. I talk to y'all. And I hear y'all talk, and we we are we're we're veering a little windy. We need we need a little bit more concrete. God's word, scripture, that's what I stand on. You know, there's I'm hearing one too many. I had a green shirt and the light turned green, and that's when I knew that God. Like, I hear it. We say these things, and I say, God, if you're real, give me a red M&M, and like, it was a red M&M, like, and if that stuff happens, God bless you, but God forbid that is your foundation, that the light's got to turn green right at this, I don't, you know what I'm saying, like, guys, reasonable, God is a reasonable God, Dohan, let's write a song. Reasonable God, you're a reasonable God. That would not be a good song. Um, okay. I want to conclude uh, by saying that last Sunday was the best day of my life so far. Best day of my life. I want to thank my parents, the amazing founding pastors, Alvin and Cece, for going above and beyond of honoring me and honoring our church. Um, I want to thank all the pastors who came in town and who sent in videos. I want to thank the media, uh, creative team and all the worship team and everyone who served on Connect and guest services and Prayer team, just all of you guys. Yes, Sunday was so special. Um, I want to thank Nashville Life. I got so many cards that I'm just literally going to keep for whenever I need a boost. Um, because it was, they were just so much encouragement from the kids. Kids Life, thank you for giving me all those cards. Uh, I mean, it was just beyond. I thought y'all were going like, to pray for me and say, you know, give it up. And that was it. Like, and I would have been fine with it. I was ready to preach. I was just ready, you know. 
But I didn't know, I, I didn't know it was going to be all that. That was incredible. Um, I want you to know that I take this role seriously. Um, I take this church seriously. So seriously that, like, right after, it just happened to be the same day, I, I've enrolled in this program called Apex Leadership. And it's about, it's a leadership growth course. It's one Sunday a month all year long. And it's uh, me and other pastors, other uh lead pastors, senior pastors, and then there are some leaders in business as well because it's kingdom-based, but the principles in the kingdom work in secular fields too. So we've got CEOs and business leaders um, in this uh, course that I'm on. And So right after I left church, I went immediately to start day one for this, for this course, and I'm committed to that because I'm, I'm committed to grow for you guys. Um, I, I've... Recently, since the installation, uh, I met with our new awesome board of directors. That was one of the things. I didn't even think about that. When they, they're like, well, now as your lead, lead pastor, you got to have a board. I was like, oh, like, like I'm president of the board. It's like kind of weird. Um, but I'm like, okay, uh, meeting adjourned. I don't know. I, I was, uh, but it's, it's great. We got my dad serving as vice president on the board. We've got um, Harry Allen, who's the founder of Studio Bank, who's served as treasurer for, for years at Nashville Life since our beginning, but he's moved over to serve on the board. And then we've got two awesome members of the church, one who I know is here, uh, Mr. Rabin White, who's in the back with his wife, Jenny. Incredible man. I'm excited for you guys to get to know him and his wife more. Um, and then uh, we all, well, not we all, but a lot of us know uh, Mr. Charles Cleveland. He's not here, is he? He's not here. Lily's husband, James and Karina's dad. Um, so uh, we've, we're set, and I'm excited for us. Um, from that board, we also, which I'm really excited about, we have voted in, uh, the board voted in a new building committee. And this building committee is going to help oversee uh, us moving into this new space as well as the new lobby that we're building. And their job is to protect our finances, to make sure that we are uh, moving in a way that keeps our church healthy and keeps our church always having plenty while still building. So uh, that's Raven White. That's Harry Allen. Uh, and that's Edie Spain, who's served in accounting for our church since almost the beginning, and she's doing a fantastic job. Um, so all these things have happened since the installation. Um, uh, our most recent finished date from the construction, March 5th, which means we should be worshiping in, in, in our new space by March, um, which is great. It's coming up soon. Um, we're still raising $1.9 million by the end of 2021. We are currently at um, $384,000, which means, which is great. Let's give that a hand, first of all. That's the product of a lot of sacrifices. Um, we've got $1,516,000 to raise. We're going to do a couple more big giving Sundays before the end of the year. And then, guys, that's why you might think it's significant, but if everyone stays faithful to that 25 a week, You'd be amazed. It could, it, could, it could do great. Plus, we're also reaching out to people from other ministries are still wanting to give. But y'all have heard me before. I want, I want our church to, I think it's in the house. I, I think knowing God's provision, like it's in the house. We have it. We just got to choose unity. And uh, I believe we'll be able to, to accomplish this. And it's going to be a big party if we do or when we do. Um, in addition to my semester, our semester together, that we're starting Tuesday, or not Tuesday, Tuesday, February the 9th, which is going to be great. Um, please be here for that if you can. Um, I've been setting up appointments with, with team members, with teams in general, with individuals. I think I had about 20 appointments last week alone with, with uh, different, 20 different people um, where I'm just connecting. Some people who've been around forever, some people just, who just got here. Um, and I'm loving it. I'm loving, I'm just taking notes, um, and I'm going to be doing this for the next three months. And uh, so far, team-wise, I've already met with uh, life group leaders. Um, I met with uh, Pep Talk team, our student ministry. 
Next Sunday, I'm meeting with Kids Life and Nursery, and by the end of these 90 days, I'm going to meet with all the teams and give everybody focused time to talk to me, share what's on your heart, any ideas that you have, because this is our church, and I want you to know that, and I want you to um, sense that. I want you to feel that. Uh, that's, let's see. Yeah, I'm going to be, uh, there's a letter going out from me to you guys if you're on our email list. And I'm going to send out, pray for me, a letter a week for the next 90 days of just what I've been up to and the progress that I've been making and the people that I've been connecting with and the things I've learned. So uh, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna do this, church. We, we are, we are going to do this. We are going to do this. Um, let's all stand. I'm a life giver is the theme of the year, and I want to uh, offer the life, and that is Jesus. He is the life. Mark my words. Time will show that there was no life outside of Jesus. Time, just mark my words. Remember this, this day. Outside of Jesus, there is no life. If you want life today, I'm going to invite you to receive Jesus. And I'm going to ask you to do that by um, repeating this prayer after me. Father, there we go. In the name of Jesus, I confess that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe that he died on the cross for my sins and was raised from the dead on the third day. Forgive me of my sins and make me a new person in Christ. Lord Jesus, I choose you to be the Lord of my life. Fill me with the Holy Spirit so I can live for you every day. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Let's celebrate salvation. According to the word of God, they are a new creation. According to the word of God, they have now been adopted by the Father.